the Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hey, I'm Rich Langton. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. I'm really glad that you've joined us. A few weeks back, I had the opportunity of interviewing Amanda Cook, one of our great friends from the Bethel Music family. It was an awesome interview, and if you missed that one, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to it. But today, we have another of the Bethel family on the podcast, Callie Heiliganthal. Callie is a fantastic worship leader, and her, and her songs are having a global impact. And I was so blessed when she came to worship conference to receive and just to be a part of it. She ended up investing into us and to our team. And I think in this interview, you'll hear her heart and you'll be inspired by the way she lives, her relationship with God, and the way she approaches songwriting and worship leading. So why don't we jump straight into it, and I'll talk to you at the end. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, so fun. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, it's so fun to get to have a chat with you, um, get to see a bit more of your world yeah. and kind of what makes you you. Mm. So as we kick it off, I just want to know, um, people may know you from the songs that they've heard from the maybe even some of your students and, and classes, mm. interactions from touring. Yeah. But can you tell me what makes you you? Mm. I think what makes me me is owning the fact that it's kind of a melting pot of a number of different things. Yeah. And I think the more that we can explore and not have to be pinned down to just one thing or one expression, yeah. and maybe it's a pathway nobody's ever taken before, you right. know? And if that's the one that's laid out in front of you, you got to walk down that one. So I think what makes me me is I try to just own step by step. What's my design? Is that the part, you know, is that coming out? Am I living that out? I think you end up doing things that you never thought you would and, and being, uh, you know, a person that feels diverse just because God made us unique, you know, yeah. exploring that. Absolutely. I love that. So you are a pastor, you are a creative, you're a songwriter. If you weren't pastoring, clearly you're always going to be a mother because that's like the best yes. thing in the whole world yes. and a wife. If you weren't pastoring and if you weren't ministering in the, way, the capacity you are in songwriting, things like that, what would you be doing? Well, um, I'm glad you asked. Growing up, you know, we <laughs> always have those dreams of what we want to be when we grow yeah. up. And I just would like to share um, what those are. Because I, I would still like to think maybe it's not too late. You know what, Kelly? You know what I'm <laughs> There's nothing off the table. I mean, well, you can, after I tell you, you can tell me if you still think that's true. Yeah. Um, I had, well, it was three parts. Um, oh I, had, goodness, I had a three part so vision good. for my life. Yes. Um, the first one is, I wanted to be a princess. Yes. But in kindergarten, I had the two catty girls who let me know right away, you can't be princess because your right. dad's not king. And oh really gosh. quickly, I was like, well, I'll just be Miss America because yes. I still get a crown, you know? Yeah, you so do. maybe still could happen. Yeah. I don't know. It would be a pivot. Um, but so so Miss America is one. <laughs> Miss America. That's, yeah, a good, um, that's a good number yes. one. Yes. The second one, I wanted to be a mermaid. Okay. Um, which was I the aerial this. thing. Yes, you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. I figured I was halfway there already. <laughs> you know, I just needed a fin. Yeah, you, know, so you just like, need a good uh, tail. And totally, like, totally. Um, you can so, always get your hair red if you wanted it to listen, be. Listen, I really like, wanted those huge red bangs. Yes, like a, like a really oh, a lot. How good that wave of her fringe? It's, it's like, like boom. gravity defying. Yeah. Like I really, and, and it's weird because like she lives in water, but it didn't ever flatten. Did, no, it didn't, did it? That's a sign of wonder. I never thought of that. How? 
Right? Oh my goodness. That's incredible. And then- Had so I th- never noticed. I know. Sorry, keep going. I don't know. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're debunked. This is phenomenal. Okay, you like going. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and then the third, I wanted to, so I wanted to be uh, Miss America and a mermaid and then just a librarian. A librarian. Yeah, I think, yeah, I just wanted like a day job. I wanted yeah. to be humble and- You need to be humble, especially if you're Miss America and Ariel. Well, yeah, There's right. no way you can have a third. That, that'd be way too much. Totally. I And you know, I don't like read a lot, yeah. but I did want to wear a pair of glasses at a desk. Yeah. So- Okay. I, I don't know. Like it. if I wasn't doing this now, yeah. Any combination of those, I think would. I think be you'd be successful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And no. I think it's so doable. Red hair, crown, <laughs> and the glasses. And the glasses by day, Perfect. and just helping people find their books. Yeah, that's you all they need. You. And you know what? They would have no idea you're actually like the superhero. Which right. I guess Ariel and, but I feel like Miss America plus Ariel equals superhero. Yeah. No, I think the sum total is somewhere yeah. heroic. Oh, wow. I, I actually hope. wish this was possible. This is so good. Yes. Yes. Okay. Can you tell me what was the first song you ever wrote? The first song I ever wrote to completion was Ever Be. Um, yes. Yeah. That, uh, Are you joking me? No. Yeah. That was the first Here's oh the thing. Here's gosh, what you gotta know. Coffee. No, here's what you gotta know. <laughs> I am a very competitive person. So if I think I'm not gonna do something perfectly from the offset, I do not even entertain That's the me. thought. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So like my husband and I were in premarital counseling, and the pastor's like, um, so are, are you like, are you guys competitive? And we both <laughs> say at the same time, no. And my husband <laughs> looks at me and he's like, Burst out laughing <laughs> while the pastor who I work for laughs too. Oh, they laugh hilarious. at my face. Oh my gosh. I'm like, no, because I don't like game night. And my husband's like, you know, you don't like game night because you'll literally dehumanize everyone <laughs> to beat them. And you don't like to be a monster. Right. So you just try to play it chill. But oh on gosh. the inside, it's raging. So I think songwriting, I just didn't give it a shot because I felt, you know, because so you read funny. those articles when people are like, um, when did you first write your song? You're like, oh, at about month four and a half. Yes. I, found I my thought you were about to hit. say that. Yeah, totally. And you didn't say that. What was that? Oh, no, not at all. No, I thought I expected that no. to be your answer. No, because I just didn't think, I, th- I thought if I was going to do something, I need to start out perfect. But I think yeah. some of the best things you just, you got to put in work and time, you know, you got to kind of steward your craft a little bit. And wow. so, yeah, it was, it was a good while in when I decided, okay, um, there's a quote, GK Chesterton. I, it's so huge for me. Um, he said, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. Wow. Which makes me very uncomfortable. And yeah, I, I don't like it. Me. Yeah, definitely challenging. Yeah. So I think once I decided I want to try songwriting and it's okay if I do it poorly because I think it's noble to try. That that was my open door to just giving it a shot. Yeah. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. That's like, wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Because I can relate to that on so many levels. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. So with Everbe being your first one that you like, you just did it. Yeah. What was that process from like having that revelation of just even that quote alone of doing yeah. something poorly and just, I love what you said of it being noble to give it a try yes. and just give it, just do yeah. it. What was the process like for you from that <laughs> to then Everbe? So the um, the chorus came from just a spontaneous moment and the bridge was like pretty much the same. It was pretty easy. And it was the verses where I I just went on this process of like, okay, so I don't want to sing the same thing. I don't want to borrow language, especially if I'm going to talk about why his praise will ever be on my lips. It doesn't work to borrow somebody else's idea for that. That needs to be a genuine, true thing for me. And I think for me, I needed to find a way for that to 
eventually be relatable, but I could not start there. I couldn't start at something universal. That was a process I needed to go down that got extremely, extremely personal. It kind of led me through a lot of honest, honest dialogue with the Lord. I think I never was a journaler. I was always really afraid. Like I had this irrational thing. Um, I don't know if you've ever, probably not, but I Uh, I had this thing where I'm like, maybe my children and my children's children and their children will read my journal. Okay. (laughs) I have a hundred percent thought this. Isn't that crazy? Where does that come from? I don't know. Because it was so paralyzing. Because I'm like, you know what? The generations ahead of me are not going to look back and call me blessed. They're going to look back and be like, her grandma was a heathen. Grandma was that is the worst. So funny. Yeah. I've legit nearly like ripped pages out yeah. of my journals or scratched yeah, things out. I'm like, I cannot let them that see this. They can't go into human they history. They can't know how I, I actually know. am sometimes. I know. But oh then my I'm goodness. like, the Lord started to confront that where he's like, that's a little bit like whitewashed tombs, isn't it, Callie? That's a little bit like, I think the world's ready for some color. I think they're wow. ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. And it's not like those raw moments are going to come out in my songs, but they have to come out somewhere. Wow. And if the Lord is not ashamed of that, then I can't be either. And I actually need to work through this perfectionism, this like, Mm -hmm. I have it all together, Mm -hmm. this polished kind of, it's just not, it's not very human. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Actually letting the Lord engage me really where I was at took me on a rabbit trail that had nothing to do with that song. I mean, it was like deep inner healing. Like I had to like mine out because I knew inside that I really meant his praise will ever be on my lips. But but the reasons why were hidden under a lot of pain and a right. lot of like situations that kind of just became tight in my chest. Yeah. And it was literally months of just finding a place before the Lord where I began to realize you're not ashamed of my process. You're not ashamed mm. of this not being clean yeah. and tidy. Yeah. So I need to agree with you on that. I need Mm. to actually like dive in and excavate these things because you've already seen it all. You're not ashamed. Sure. So months and months and months of processing. And I remember, I'll never forget one day I'm laying on my carpet and I'm just journaling so far from lyric writing at this point, Mm. like so far from it. And all of a sudden I'm writing and I give a couple line break in my journal. And all of a sudden out comes, your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold. And it was like the Lord's like, Callie, you had fresh springs underneath all of it. But like, you know how you turn, I'm from Minnesota, I'm from the North, we have mm-hmm. snow. And like, you have your hose, right? And you for the whole winter, you don't turn it on. And then in the springtime, it starts sputtering, right? There's yeah. some like collected dirt over right. time. And the Lord's like, you've just been in winter and it's time to turn this thing on. And sometimes it's a sputtering, messy wow. thing, but there's springs of living water underneath that. And it was like, months of getting the dirt out and all right. of a sudden that line came out and I knew that springs of living water, you know? So that is incredible. It was I mean and not every song has been like that. Yeah, not yeah, every totally. song is necessarily that process, but I think there was something significant for me coming past that perfectionism, past the the um the tendency toward religion, which is like just make yes. things all okay, say yeah. the same stuff, all Got that. Together, like, I'm good. Totally. Or if I'm not, I'm gonna act like I do, and then yeah. it'll always hold me back from what I really want to do or what, how I really feel. But yes. at least I've got it together. And- Absolutely. Absolutely. And just letting it be human and letting it be okay if it was imperfect and letting it be okay to do it poorly yeah. and to actually feel the Lord's affection over my what I thought was a poor job, what I thought was that's incredible. wasn't ready. Yes. That's and crazy. through his kind, not to extract in a way where he's like, I can't stand to look at that. Uh, the totally. actual coaxing me out. I think the beautiful thing from it was actually beneath the layers of the things you need to work through yeah. Yeah. was a gift, was a beautiful yes. thing. Yes, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And I think 
the thing about songs is sometimes sometimes you go in and you just and you just write a song and it's good and it's true and it's moving and that's amazing. But I think there are certain songs where they just become a souvenir to a journey and the journey is actually the prize. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The the walking that out, that communion with the Lord, that knowing him and him knowing me. Yeah. That's better than anyone's song I'll ever write. That's better than anything yeah. that'll ever be sung. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, that's what we live for. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago I was on a set, I'm leading, and I just hit such a weird note. I don't even think it's in a scale anywhere. Like it was really like otherworldly in a bad way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and totally. um, and all of a sudden I'm like instantly self-conscious, right? Because my perfectionism yes, was yes, just yes. disrupted. Yeah. I can feel the swirl downward. I can uh -huh. just feel like the gravitational like, pull into like insecurity and crumbling and all that. And I'm, I'm midway through a set and all of a sudden I'm aware like, oh, there's cameras and who's in the room and yeah. all that. And I can feel this, I just lost that standard of, perfectionism, mm -hmm. right? And in the middle of it, the Lord interrupts me while I'm singing. And he goes, what if you valued my nearness to you more than your perfectionism? What if you recognize I didn't, I didn't step back from you when you sang that note? So what if you didn't step back? Right. What if in shame you didn't retreat in this moment? What if you pressed into my presence and my nearness that is so committed, whatever this looks like, however human, however, whatever blunders, whatever mistakes, yeah. what if you valued that more than when the pulling away to make sure that never happens again? Punish, right. punish, punish, don't do that. And the, the quick diagnostics of yeah, make sure that never Doesn't happens it happen again. So quick, yes. too. It's like rapid fire. It's absolutely. like, and you're still singing and you're still looking out yeah. and you're still engaging, but you're also inwardly yes. being like, ah. Oh. There's like yes. alerts and like, totally. what are you doing? Yeah, so totally. many crazy things going off. Absolutely. I love that because God's just like, no. Yeah, why don't you just stay here? Why don't you stay close? Why don't you not release anxiety as mm. you're singing? Why don't you not release that process? What if you release the nearness of a God who sees past yeah. what I'm doing in the moment, the things that could have been better, that he's actually not looking at that. Yeah. He's not caught up. So what if I didn't get caught up in it? Yeah, you know, I love that. It's actually so freeing how simple it can be yes and we just complicate it at least i do for sure absolutely can you speak into that a little bit in terms of like maybe for some of the listeners out there who that may be a striking core with them in terms of the whole perfectionism yeah whether it be with like innovation or maybe it's like people drawing like plans for architecture or like yes. writing a book or maybe there's like a seedling and there's this innate thing in someone that they know they're called to do mm. but they actually know when they start they're actually gonna be terrible at it yeah. and so they're terrified yes can you speak into any of that perfectionism mm. going for it? Like, cause you've done this, you've had this journey yourself. Mm. I have so much compassion. I'm like, I just, <laughs> cause it, it really can be an unending spot of self critique, you know? And so I think, and it's not just music. You're right. It's like, we can do that. That can happen anywhere, yeah. right? Like, and that really has a way of stealing. I, I had such a big moment. I was learning to pastor and lead people and all that. And I'm feeling the weight of what I'm doing. And I want to do it so well. Yeah. I feel like the the responsibility and I don't want to let people down. Totally. I don't want to, you know, so very actually, real things. And it's, it's like all yes. for good things. Like you actually just want right. others Yes. And you want the goodness out of it. You want people to succeed. You want people to be happy. Totally. You just want, you want the good things to come yes, from it. Yes, But it can absolutely. be very heavy. It can be. So I went to um, a really close, amazing friend of mine and I, I work with him. And I'm like, I'm spiraling. So I think a big thing is actually bringing people in on your process right. because that will interrupt, right? Because it spins inward. It's mm -hmm. very introspective. And I think the second I can lift my eyes yeah. up and bring it, 
to the light to yeah. somebody, instantly that loses half its power right there. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm surrounded. I am seen in this moment for more than that one thing. Yeah. And I get to be known for the fullness of who I am. Yeah. I am more than this one expression. I'm more than my blueprints. Yeah. I'm more than this pastoral moment. I'm more than this song. Yes. So I brought it to this guy. And, and I remember he said, Callie, it's funny. You're talking about this like it's a sin. I walked out of a meeting <laughs> and I just didn't feel like it was good. Yeah. And he's like, you're punishing yourself like that was a sin. Right. I was like, did you sin? And I was like, no, no, I just didn't hit the mark like I wanted to, yeah. you know? And I wasn't good like I wanted to be. I remember him saying like, you know, I think it's always good to want to grow. But when I look at Jesus, he didn't come to heal you from your humanity. Oof. He took care of your sin. He came and he kissed humanity. He wrapped himself in humanity, meaning blunders and mistakes and having to learn like all of us where we just like, I mean, I have a one-year-old and a two-year-old and we just take steps and we fall and that's yeah. part of our design. Right. And he showed up on the scene like that, incarnate like that. He wasn't a God who came knowing how to walk. He stumbled just like all of us. Right. He had to crawl first, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it just was so moving to me that, that he actually affirmed that in me. I'm not sinning. I'm just human. And he really likes that. Right. And I want to bring my best. Yeah. I always wanted to do well, but he didn't come to save me from those things. So I need to stop treating this like life or death. I need to so stop good. trying to save it. Yeah. Because the Savior came and he didn't seem concerned with that. Wow. What he needed to accomplish, he did. And then sometimes we're just left... A little bit awkward, but he doesn't yeah. seem to mind that, you know? Which I love. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, I'm so thankful he's okay with that. Absolutely. So, so wow. we trip and fall and then we learn to walk and then we run over time, but he just doesn't seem so concerned about that stuff like I am. You yeah. Know? Hey, we'll get back into it in just a minute, but let me just tell you that we are just a few short weeks away from the Hillsong Conference starting in Sydney, Australia, and then just a couple weeks after that in London. Hillsong Conference is our premier conference that happens every year in July, and it's for everyone, for creatives, for leaders, for pastors, for everyone. We've got some really specific masterclasses for creativity and creatives, for running creative teams, and I think you'll find they help your leadership and your creative team move forward. Personally, Hillsong Conference for me over the years has been a real time of growth and an injection of inspiration and really helps me move forward in my own personal life and leadership. So if you're out there and you're considering coming, let me encourage you to register now and be a part of it. You can get more information at hillsonconference.com, register today, and don't be a stranger. Come say hi if you're there. Let's jump straight back into it. This is Callie Halligenthal, and these are my Fantastic Four. My favorite movie is Inception because I just watched it on the airplane. It's a really good movie. I always wonder now if I'm in a dream or in a dream within a dream, but I think I'm just in reality. If I could have coffee with anybody, I think it would be Ariel from The Little Mermaid, just because I want to know what it's like to be part of her world. The obsessions that I explore these days on evenings and weekends um, is being a plant mom. I have like 40 and most of them are doing well. When I think of the word successful, the first thing that comes to mind is I think about Jesus and I think about how I have a grid for success looking like big picture, numbers and platforms and people and followers. And I look at him and I look at how he changed the world by um, 
by coming in small, and he came in like a baby. I see this pinnacle of a stone rolled away, but I see him hanging on a tree completely misunderstood, doing things that that nobody saw, that nobody could quite capture, um, and it changed the whole world. And so I think I think a grid for success, looking from heaven's perspective, what what do you call successful? Because it might not be my gut reaction. It might not be the first thing I think, um, but that's the one that I want. That's the one I want to adopt. As a seasoned writer, what would you say to someone who's never written a song before? I guess this kind of swinging back a little bit to what yeah. we're talking about, but maybe someone actually doesn't, they just don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. But they want to. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Mm. You know, I think I think if you play an instrument, obviously that can help. For me, a lot a lot of where I like to get some of my first ideas, I like to build off of things that kind of happen spontaneously in worship. Yeah. Which, like, if you're on a worship team, because I don't primarily play an instrument, I like to kind of get lost in sounds that other people around me are creating. Yeah. And so for me, that's inspirational. Yeah. I think learn what's inspirational for you. Yeah. And like, so in a worship set specifically, I know keys and drums are really inspirational to me. So I'm yeah. gonna make sure they're up in my ears sure. and just kind of exploring off the map a little bit, yeah. like trying stuff out, just giving it a shot. You just gotta get in, you, you just know? Need to and start, hey. Totally. And I think if you're not in a setting where you can do that, find instrumental music. Yeah, and play totally. it literally like lay in your room, crank it up loud and then just start singing something and yeah. see what comes out. I think just generating that muscle is really important. If you um if you are like more of a, a lyric type person, I would say don't have to make it a hit right away. Good. Don't have to make it Very good. verse, chorus, bridge, just start writing. Yeah. Sometimes things don't want to be a song. Sometimes they want to be a journal entry. Yes. Sometimes they want to be spoken word. Yeah. Sometimes they want to be an Instagram post. Yeah. Let it be what it is. And they actually still need to come. They still yes. need to come out. Like, Absolutely. Because they're always going to be there. Yeah. And it, I find, at least for me, yeah. when I when I ignore that, yes. it just becomes like blockage. Mm-hmm. And it gets mm-hmm. like backed up. And I'm like, Absolutely. okay, I need to get this out. Yeah. So I think I start with things like, what moves me about this? What's yeah. the way that I would express this with the Lord? What do I mostly mean? What's my most honest sure. thing right now? And then I'll just get that out. And I think after... After that point, there's a lot of space for like, okay, is that relatable? Is there another way to say that that's more general, but yeah. gets to the point? Is it, Can we put that in like an image? Can that be more like a, a picture? Yeah. And it could broaden it to something that feels less like my life, my situation, yeah. and open it up to something universal. Yeah. Um, but I think the starting with something that I mean that I, cause I, I don't want to move people into something that I haven't experienced myself. I don't have authority Absolutely. there. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I haven't built anything there to give away. So I need to start in something where I'm like, I found the Lord here. Here's my story. I'm going to sing my testimony. And it might not have anything to do at the end with me language, but I have to start with my testimony. I only have to give away what I walked through myself. So I like to start by just getting that all out. And then sometimes co-writing is amazing because somebody can come in and neutralize a little bit, uh, maintain my heart in it, but find another way to say that, restate it so that it's more applicable at a, at a broader level, yeah. um, but that way I'm not having to play critic yeah. on myself. Sometimes that's a that's a rough thing to do. Yeah, and then it just kind of takes so long because then yes. you're not really ever getting anywhere. Totally. I found that can be such a liberating thing when you actually do get the courage to show someone something you've written, just yes. get their thoughts on it. Yes. And you're kind of expecting the worst, and then they actually they're like, "Oh, this is actually really yeah. good." You're like, oh, okay. And it, well, and you're amazing. like, "Oh wow," you know what I mean? Yes. Like, 
I just think it's sometimes we're way too hard on ourselves. And if we just had a little bit of courage and invite people into our creative process a bit, one, we can get their input, but two, we can actually realize we're doing way better than we think we are. Yes. Which is most of the time when you bring people in, what you walk away feeling. It's almost always reassuring to let people in on your process. Yeah. Typically we're much harder on ourselves than anybody else would ever be. I think you're completely right. Yeah. It's so good. Thank you so much for your time. You're incredible. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your bravery to take your personal journey and let it be something that's actually changing people's lives. The first time I heard that album in its entirety with Everbeat, I wept. I listened to the full thing all the way through and I just wept. Mm. And friends of mine asked to come for me to come to like, just come get coffee with a few of them. And I left, but I got there and they were like, what's wrong with you? Because I was just in a daze and I was Mm. like, I can't explain it. It's just, um, it was such a transformation in my heart and life and I needed it. And I couldn't really put words to it. That's incredible. But um, it was really cool. So thank you. And thanks Thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you so much Um, for having me. We love you and we will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was fantastic hearing from Callie. Don't you think it's crazy how God uses people that actually get on with it and actually do something? So Callie was sitting there fearful about songwriting and then decided to start. And that's when God was able to start using her. So I guess the takeaway from today's episode would be, what what is it that's in your hand? What is it that you could do, but you're too fearful to just start? My encouragement would be to just get on with it. Trust God, allow Him to use you by just taking that first step. So next up, we've got today's Q&A. So we're answering some of your questions. Let's jump straight into it. So the first question that we have is from Chels and it says, where do you start when culture needs to be recreated? So obviously all the time, I guess reading, you know, in between the lines of the question, there's going to be a culture no matter what, Mm. right? Well, that's true. So what if you've come into a leadership position in a team and you realise it's not the culture that you want or that you think is befitting the team? What do you do? Annie, I feel like you've been in that situation <laughs> before. Go, Annie. Um, oh, I, you've got to figure out what it is you do want. If you know, we don't want that. Well, where do we want to go? Right. And you have to clarify where that is. And I think, um, and that's not an overnight thing because steering culture, I mm. think some things are quick and some things take a while for people yeah. to get on the same page as you. Mm. But um, I think people just need... Um, like even just with all our teams, like a practical thing, like our vocal team Mm -hmm. or our musicians, at some point when they're introduced to our team, they know what the expectation is. This is what it means to be a musician on Mm -hmm. our platform. Not just this is what you play, but this is as people and as this is why we serve and why we volunteer. Like they Mm -hmm. have an understanding of what the expectation is. Mm -hmm. I think when people don't know what it is, there's nothing to rise to and you can't measure, are we there or are we not there? So I think- You've got to establish if this isn't where you want to be, where is it that you do want to be and begin to model it Mm. and to speak about it Mm. and share that vision. But you've got to, if you don't model it, people won't have, be able to follow it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right. And and lots of that will depend on you as the leader, right? Right. So uh, I guess if people are not, um, if they're not where you want to be or if the team is not where you want it to be, I guess I would start by looking at myself and going, right. hey, like you I? said, yeah. what, what do I want? But, mm. but who am I? And yeah. am I worth following and worth <laughs> listening to? And am I communicating clearly? And am I doing it in a grace-filled kind of way? Right. Or am I de- being demanding and um, expecting perhaps something of them that I wouldn't do myself? Right, um, totally. There's a whole bunch of inner 
stuff to look at, even before you expect have any expectations on the team mm. um, but maybe once you get that stuff right and and clarified um, then mush h- how can you communicate clearly to the team and is that a once-off thing or you know obviously I'm leading here but, but yeah yeah I I think also it's certainly not a one-time thing for for various reasons first of all there's always new people coming onto the team secondly mm. and secondly I think mm. as human beings I've heard it once said before like a lot of the stuff in life we we you know that, that we we know what we need to do in life we need more reminding that we need instructing mm. so we need to keep in, informing our people because because of what church life looks like especially for us here there's a lot of outcomes expected at the you know at the, i guess at the at the front line mm. mm-hmm. and i think without the constant reminder of what's what's actually driving us to for to towards those outcomes mm. we get enamored and maybe even just i guess consumed with the actual outcome and and park ourselves there. Yeah. And so, but that can never sustain you. Mm. When the work gets hard and you know you've got to try again and you've mm. got to, you know, what keeps you going is understanding why you're doing what you're doing and that mm. culture that you've embedded into your team mm. of why we're here. Yeah. And why we care. Yeah. Why are we doing this for the third third time? Why are mm. we doing this for the hundredth time? Yeah. It's because it has value mm. for the next person who's coming. Or you know, just that yeah. value in reinforcing. Mm. It's just that reminder because human nature tells me that in time we like things get eroded yeah. when they get neglected mm. or if they get and you know if they get and um or the re- the re- if we're not reminded we do forget mm. so i think in the in the business of church life it makes absolute sense we do everything there's ev- everything else in church almost everything else in church life mm. gets repeated and gets done and yeah. if there's anything worth repeating surely enough it's the culture and the why we do what we do yeah so i feel like always doing that will always get us in a place where people actually can work hard mm but with the right foundations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think to speak practically practically to it as well, that we might, um, for example, we have team nights on a Thursday night and we might use, say, a season after a break to relaunch yes. uh, yeah, something. Um, so it's a, if, it, if there's an area of culture, we might relaunch a team um, with a new leader and we might have a, like a vision night mm-hmm. and speak really practically really about where we're heading, why it is we're doing what we're doing mm-hmm. and the sorts of people that we might want to have involved and we might invite people into that into that journey um, so that anything from the past is perhaps left behind hopefully right. <laughs> and um, and the yeah. new like where you're heading um, can be established yeah. and then like you said as well mush that we would then repeat I guess a lot of the same messages over and over at team nights on a Thursday night which um, for those of you who, who listening who don't know we would have um, our team night is a midweek gathering on a Thursday night where we would um, talk about culture, which um, emphasizes our relationship with Christ and our um, and our um, uh, and sorry talks about Christ and our um, craft. We would emphasize what it is we're looking for from a from a cultural perspective when it comes to people's craft. Um, And then again on a Sunday, we have prayer meetings right before every service and we would speak life about the service and pray for the service and tend to reiterate Mm. um, some cultural sort of values again there as well and and other places too. But real practically, I guess they'd be be two. So then Malia asks this. She says, creating culture from the top down um, she'd like us to talk about creating culture from the top down so that it se- uh, seeps into everyone and every part of the team. Mm. It almost speaks for itself. Yeah. That's exactly what you want to do, right? Yeah, that's, 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 
So in, from that perspective, though, what if someone finds himself running a team, creative team or a worship team, and uh, the culture that's coming from their senior pastor or senior leadership is different to what they would like to bring? What do they do? Um, I think that as the creative pastor, if you're a volunteer, what, that you're submitted to your senior pastor and his vision for the church or what what he has in mind. So my first question, if I was running a creative team would be, what does my senior pastor want to see within our team? Yeah, surely, I guess, I imagine we're not forming anything that's outside of, like when I'm forming my cultural values mm. specific to my team, hopefully they're not being done in isolation. Mm. Right. Hopefully they're being done in light of whatever has been established, either, you know, from mission statements, vision statements, actual, you know, actual cultural values that, the, you know, my leadership my leadership would have spoken of. Mm. And hopefully I'm deducing my, you know, taking that and distilling it down to the team that I'm responsible for. I don't yeah. know if I should be kind of um, creating it yeah. at my level. Which is funny that you both answer so strongly on that because yeah. obviously that's a cultural value oh, yeah. that totally. we have. That's, right, yeah. that's something really strong <laughs> that's in, that's our, right. in our church that yeah. we have one vision yeah. and it comes from Pastor Brian and yeah. Bobby and we outwork that vision right. um, appropriately within creative, but we don't create our own. Mm. Um, that's really hard to get your head around though, I think, if you're from a church where that's not the norm, if that's yeah. not the culture. Um, so I guess it depends on the circumstance and what, what the culture of the place is, maybe it's appropriate for you to have a, a vision for creative team and maybe the senior leadership is okay with that. Yeah. But I guess either way, what we're saying is you'd want to know what the senior, what, right. what the culture is, what the senior leadership is and submit to that rather than um, just going off on your own, I do whichever it, way it yeah, is. I do find it quite freeing because in a sense, it's almost like I don't necessarily need to reinvent it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, like, I think, I don't, like, you know, when Pastor Brian has been fair, is, is one of the things he's very clear of is, mm. you know, the cultural values. And I think that, in a sense, is actually quite freeing for me as a leader to know that my team needs to be pointing in the direction that he's mm. pointing in. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that sounds really simple, but that's, that's actually the beauty of it, that it is that simple. So I yeah. can do that yeah. and get on with the, with the responsibilities that I have. Yeah. Rather than if I if it's rest if the the creation of the culture and the setting of the tone is resting with me, mm. I mean I guess it's doable. That's fine, but it's not nothing necessarily wrong. But mm. it's just it's just you know for us I don't know it does, it's it makes sense when you're in sync with what your leadership is trying to do. Yes, yeah, and obviously the the Bible's clear on where yeah. unity unity yeah. <laughs> there's blessing in unity. That's right. And yeah. so if you can get on board with with that, be united in that, then it's gonna it's great. It's gonna be best. Even though so this is an interesting follow up question, which is from Rich, me, not from someone, but yeah. <laughs> um, is then um, I guess for both of you, have you always um, been able to just so easily jump on board with with the vision? Or have you had to work on that? I've had to work on it. I mean, some things are a no-brainer for me. It's like, oh, absolutely. Mm. I know why we're doing that. But I think because we have been here a while and so we have changed the way we do some things. Mm. And I can remember a season going, why am I finding this really hard? And I think it was because I was just stuck thinking an old way. Right. And I wasn't seeing the new way yet. And I was Mm. kind of like, this is why we do this. And this is so important because it's been ingrained in me, but it was actually time to go, yeah, that's still important, but this is a new, Mm. we're in a new season. And so, yeah, I I have personally found that I had to like, there was times I had to be like, okay, yeah, get with this. Like learn how to see things differently and value something that maybe you didn't notice before. Yeah. 
I've, I've definitely yeah. found that as well, P- particularly, I guess, being, growing up in another church and then coming here as mm. an adult, um, just just getting my head around and my heart around the vision yeah. and my place in that, realising, yeah. I guess, with that I don't set the vision, that I don't, don't set the culture. I, I um, submit to the vision and jump mm. on board with the culture and I can, I can be a part of it and yeah. I can, I can um, outwork it, but it's not my job to kind of set it in our context. Right. And I think that can then mean that you have to work on humility and um, I guess understanding uh, under God where your place is yeah. and, and it's valued, yeah. but it's not necessarily to be um, the cultural chief (laughs) right and and i think i said earlier remember like i think i said earlier like you know this idea where you put your head down and you do the thing you're responsible for my my if i was to be really honest my experience is exactly that where what i start you know at square one i get the vision and i'm responsible for this and i get going Hmm. and i put my head down and i go and i start working and you get absorbed in the thing you're doing Hmm. so much so that if the direction changes now you're more attached to what you're doing right than to, the, mm. than to the why you were doing it, yeah. right? So now we've got a not. I cared. I began the way when I started this. The the thing that started me off was mm. this cultural value and this you know this vision that, that my leadership gave me. Mm. But now I've been at this for a while. Yeah, I'm really passionate about yeah. it. Yeah, and, you and now we want to invest it. Exactly, mm. and now yeah. we want to have a conversation about going in a different direction. Mm. And I'm not so open to it anymore because yeah. now, like, but what about this? investment that I've made in this direction yeah. yeah, and that's a hard check I've yes. had a few of those along the way yeah. you have to be really honest because mm. that's that's the challenge of constantly having a again we say we repeat these things that's mm. why you don't just set them the day one mm. and then you hope you've got it and you just kind of keep carrying on Yeah, I know I've had to kind of in a sense sometimes put myself out of the thing that I think is the be all and end all mm. so I can actually ask myself are you actually still heading in the direction you need to be going yeah as passionate as you, as you are about this, as much effort as you're putting into this, is it the right thing? Yes. Uh-huh. And that answer sometimes is no. Right. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And from that point of view, it takes takes a takes a lot of maturity and a lot of, okay, I'm mm-hmm. stopping and I'm going the other way. Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway. That's, and then yeah. as leaders, I guess we, we have the, we're all going through those things sometimes and we have to then model that for the team. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And sometimes even speak to it um, that the um, not so much... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? I think we have to exemplify how to work through these things in right. a really healthy way. That's right. And be be um, transparent about it without also wearing your heart on your sleeve yeah. too much. That's and, right. Or undermining That's right. it. We don't want to do this, but yeah. this is what we're doing now, guys. Right. Yeah, yeah, so correct. we got There's to. a definite tone you can take right. yeah. with it that yeah. either adds value right. or just perpetuates the problem. Yeah, and that that lies with you as the yeah. leader, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, it, and, and some, man, you sometimes have to just <laughs> question yourself. And, yeah. 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 Yeah, check yeah. your heart on yeah. that. Um, this is an interesting question from Amber. She says, how do you call out or correct creatives while being aware of their sensitivities? Oh, I think that's kind of pretty case by case. It just depends what, I, what you're talking about. If this is like a specific thing with a person or like a general thing in a mm. team I think, that happens. So let's let's sort of read between the lines a little bit. I'm quite happy to yell across the sound desk for you. You just yell, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like great. that example. <laughs> yeah, <it's> right. <laughs> the um, I think it's an inter- the language is interesting about yeah. calling out or correcting. It's it, yeah, I was, I was going to say that. About I would that. say, how do you encourage people towards yeah. something different? And right. yeah, yeah. If I was going to kind of you know 
do a bit of an, I guess, dissect that. I would say already, I think the stance is potentially misguided a little bit, if I can be as bold as saying that, because I think calling out mm. already implies confrontation and me telling you why you're wrong. Mm. And even though inherently you might need to do that, yeah. I think the thing is, the thing, the thing you want to do more than that is actually help somebody get better. Right, mm. and that sounds like oh yeah, 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 no, no, but seriously, that it is mm. because I think approaching problem solving from a, from a point of calling you out versus I need to help you get better, mm. it changes the tone of conversation. It changes mm. what I'm actually trying to how I lead the conversation mm. because calling out involves me just putting exposing what's wrong. Yes, right, but. I, that's just step one. There's like nine other steps if I really am committed to you that involve you getting better at what you do. Hmm. I think stopping at calling out means I'm just going to open the bag, let the stuff fall out, and we're all going to stare at it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, <laughs> then what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like, it's always going to be a commitment to the person. Before, If I'm going to choose to have a conversation with you about something that wasn't quite right, yeah. I'm not going to have it if I have no if I don't have your best interest in, my, in, mm. in, in mind or at heart. So then practically, Annie, say there's a vocalist who um, isn't learning the lyrics, for example, and, and you have a cultural value as a leadership team where you want the the singers to know the songs. Mm. How do you approach someone knowing that they might be a bit sensitive about it? I would just have a conversation, um, not publicly, like really practically. Mm-hmm. I think about how well I know that person or do they have a, like a direct oversight that they have a lot better relationship with that maybe yeah. it would actually make more sense coming from them and just yeah, chat about why some of the things that we do are important, like why it's important for us to know the songs and, and come because it actually helps us bring our best because mm. we're confident when we know the lyrics and because church deserves our best. And I think you can like, we have to get good at judging what is like, a sit down conversation and what is something you could just address and cover it? Like this is a bit of a sidetrack, but one thing Cass does every year that she does really well, but it's really lighthearted mm. is the beginning of um, our year, like our first team night, we often have a lot of new students, mm-hmm. new on the page yeah. or people just new to team night. And I know there's people in our church that other people know, maybe have seen on social media or know before they actually have a relationship with them. Mm. She gets up and she just says something along the lines of like, great, welcome to the team. You are part of our family now. We're all family. We don't take photos of people. We're not weird because we're just on the same team. It's not this huge correction weird thing. It's just this kind of like lighthearted addressing. Mm. This is a cultural thing. We're all family. This is how we treat each other. So I think you look at your situations and judge what does it require. Right, which is great. I think that we use team nights like that quite a lot and Mm. – Get, uh, gatherings where there's multiple people to talk about things more generally yeah. Yeah. and to, um, again, back to the why. Why why would we want to learn the lyric or why would yeah. we want to not do a certain thing or to, to do a certain thing? Um, and then sometimes, though, there is a specific situation where someone is, um, I don't know, perhaps dressing inappropriately for the platform yeah. or something like that. And I guess in my experience, more often than not, um, approach the right way with, I guess, as a leader, hum, uh, as a leader, approaching it with humility mm. and not with a sort of um, correction mindset, um, coming to them and and often, uh, more often than not, they're really grateful for for you for for coming in and talking to them yeah. about it yeah. and calling out better in them or yeah. or slightly realigning their thinking about something mm. um, and uh, I guess having a conversation rather than a lecture. <laughs> um, yeah. Can be helpful. I feel like as well. I'll go ahead. No, no, I'll go. Often when you approach something with like, if I needed to catch up with someone, I usually like someone maybe new to our team or my first like 
thing is, how are you finding things on our team? How are you right. going on our team? Often, just in asking a question, you're going to find, I'm actually having such a hard time. Yeah. I have no confidence. When right. I turn up, I feel nervous. And then I go, okay, that makes sense why that happens. Yeah. And I'm actually getting a bit of understanding before yeah. I'm just trying to uh, fix a problem. Yes. I'm thinking yeah. about what is the best, I uh-huh. have the be- person's best interest. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes you don't, it all makes sense and you don't need to yeah, do a whole I lot. I think you're exactly right. And my, I think out of um, immaturity in the past, I've gone straight to, no, I need to achieve a task and mm. you're not helping me achieve that task. Right. And I'm going to have to be responsible to someone else, you know, my oversight, because you're not achieving my task. Mm. Um, rather than, like you say, having a conversation, finding out where the person's at, mm. why it is they're approaching something the way they're doing it, right. um, whether that be they're, you know, they're, they're turning up late and it's because they have a, a, a another... Um, like they're working that day yeah. or something and they have a shift they can't get out of and that that's because, you know, of other circumstances. Mm. And there's, you know, often, like you say... It's usually the case anyway. Oh, yeah. Like there's always a reason yeah. for why people are the way they are, particularly if you have put out there um, a real strong um, sort of culture. You know, if you've set the vision yeah. and someone's not... not uh, sort of living up to that and everyone else is, mm-hmm. um, right. there's, there'll be a reason. So, you know, like you say, you say that you, you set that you set the vision and you say that, but I think it's actually just as important to set the vision of, of constant improvement in the fact that we actually on this team, when someone joins a team on this team, part, part of what we do yeah. is we look for feedback from each other mm-hmm. and we do address things to, for the sake of each other's yes. getting better. Yeah. So it's not like something that had, that's out of the norm. If I come and talk to you, it's not something that's happening out of the norm. Mm. It's just what we do. Yes. Mm. A conversation about you getting better is mm. not out of the norm. Mm. It's just right. what we do. Yes. But you said that when someone joins a team, part of them understanding the vision, the outcomes and what's expected mm. is also understanding that, hey, from time to time as necessary, we have some some conversations and look at how we can do things better and how we can help you do things better if you're not quite where you need to be. Yeah. And so when it happens, it's like, oh, I can, I knew this was, this was spoken to me about. I can, I know why this is happening. It's just part of what this team does. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm welcoming it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Great. That's it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and it's been useful for your journey. If you haven't already, I'd love to take a minute just to encourage you to subscribe. When you do that, you become part of our growing community of creatives who are trying their best to live out their faith through their creativity. So join us anywhere you find your podcasts, subscribe, and then you won't miss out on anything. And I always love to hear from you. So please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It helps with the visibility of the podcast and it lets us know what you think, what you're enjoying and where we can go with the podcast in the future. Aside from that, you can write to me on Twitter at Rich Langton and we'll talk to you next time.